day late, dollar short, not really. You know what time it is. QP Sports Exchange is back on the air, and we are talking winners. Not like last week, because last week was an absolute dumpster fire for myself and also my guy, KC, Kyler Copeland. Kyler, how are you? I'm pretty good, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to make these picks. Hopefully they go better than last time. My upset Falcons pick did not come through, but it was closer than we thought. They kind of made a little push until Mike Edwards kind of fucked them up. But, uh, yeah, hopefully I'm a little more accurate this week. Vince is safely with hair, which is always yes. a good time. So I'm very upset to see that. Um, I'm so excited about my hair. Oh, yeah. Okay, we are recording. All right. So, Kyler, there's a couple things. We're going to clean up what happened last night, okay? So mm-hmm. we saw a couple things last night that caught our eye. And then we're going to move on to these picks and hopefully get some winners for people that we did not give last week because we were complete ass at picking, all right? Right. All right, so Texans and Carolina play last night, and it was apparent from the start that – Sam Darnold only knows how to throw to DJ Moore, uh, which in our fantasy league really was exciting for Keyshawn, uh, who had just got him. And uh, then we saw the injury, the non-contact injury to CMC, and then also to their first-round pick, J.C. Horn, uh, prayers out to J.C. Horn because it is a broken foot, so he's going to be out for a while. Um, are we concerned about Christian McCaffrey at this point? Is this a is this going to be a thing? Um, potentially. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like it doesn't look like an ACL or an Achilles or anything. They said he's going to be out a few weeks, so you know, pick up Chuba. That's my guy, Chuba, Chuba. Love me some Chuba Hubbard. Um, but I, I think going forward with McCaffrey, there's going to be some injury concerns, and that might mean that next year there's a chance he's not the number one pick consensus. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, J.C. Horn, just from like a fantasy perspective, doesn't matter too much, but I love J.C. Horn. He was my number one corner in the draft, so that really hurt to see. Um yeah, I, I was probably more hurt by J.C. Horn than Christian McCaffrey, to be honest. Fun fact, I've never had Christian McCaffrey in any league. It's been very unfortunate. Um, I would love to have me some McCaffrey, but it's never happened. So uh, I wasn't hurt too much by that. But uh, yeah, just stash McCaffrey on your IR. Don't panic trade him unless you're really pushing for a playoff spot and you need some help now. Um it's, and, uh, by the way, it's week three. If you're pushing for a playoff spot right now, you are either well, yeah. delusional or high. Yeah. So th- keep some perspective. Don't lose your head. Don't overreact because we have a lot of people in our in our fantasy league that is that are overreacting. Yeah, keep McCaffrey. And uh, I know a lot of leagues have Chuba on a roster already, but if he's out there, he's going to be in the number one waiver pickup of the week, no doubt about it. Yes, sir. And here's the thing. The one thing that I did see after he went out is that that offense was really predicated on him. 
a lot of what they do is to either use him as a decoy to open up the uh, field for the wide receivers, or he's running the football or catching the football. They're going to have to drastically change that offense. And um, note to Matt Rule, there's a guy by the name of Robbie Anderson. If you can get Sam Darnold to throw to him every once in a while, that would be great. Not because I have him on my fantasy team, but because of the fact that you need to diversify your offense a little bit now that McCaffrey is out. So that was a a big point of um, everybody's uh, consternation yesterday, Kyle, Kyler. It was one of those things where you, if you were, we were on Discord, and if you would have heard just the amount of conversation that, why is Robbie Anderson not being targeted? Oh, I would sure. support. I, if I had five dollars for every time that was mentioned, I would. I'd be so good right now. I'd be so <laughs> good. So good. I'm sure everyone's panicking about Robbie Anderson, but yeah, the offense completely changed once McCaffrey went out, and not even towards Robbie Anderson. The guy that I think gets the biggest boost besides DJ Moore is Tommy Tremble, the rookie yes, tight end. I think he. You know, because he's listed at tight end, but he's kind of an H-back. So you saw him get a rush. You saw him get into the end zone. He caught a pass down the field. I think he'll get some more involvement. Um, not ne- uh, I'm not saying he's a waiver pickup necessarily, but he's someone to keep your eye on for sure. Tommy, Tommy Tremble, uh, 6'4", 255 pounds out of Notre Dame. Saw his whole career uh, in South Bend with the Gold Domers. Really good tight end. Um, I hate to use this because I sound like a, a draft analyst now, but his catch radius is is really awesome. Um, the one thing that you can know about Tommy Trimble, if used correctly, is that he has that he has a Gronk quality. I will never say he's Gronk, but he did something at, at Notre Dame a lot, and he used to gash these defenses right down the scene because he's so big. He does have a decent uh, catch radius as far as that's concerned. There were plays where this cat was, I wouldn't say super open, but Ian Book would throw it to him and, you know, get him the ball and he'd catch it. So, you know, they have a weapon in this kid that they can definitely utilize. And now because of the injury to McCaffrey, we are looking for other options. So, like Kyler said, keep you don't have to pick them up right now, but it might be something that you want to just keep your eye on and see what his progression is over the next couple weeks. Right, agree. I mean, Dan Arnold's not a guy that excites me. Ian Thomas doesn't excite me. Um, we'll see what happens with some of the other guys. I like Terrace Marshall, um, but we'll see how much his stock increases with this injury. Robbie Anderson, I'm not going to be super concerned about, but it's not a very encouraging first three weeks. Um, he has, what, five catches so far in the first three games? Not great. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Sam Darnold is putting up fantasy points, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got him on, on what? Both of my fantasy teams, actually. Um, I do have a theory on the Sam Darnold-Robbie Anderson situation. Would you like to hear mm-hmm. it? Sure. 
I am almost banking that Robbie Anderson slept with Sam Darnold's girlfriend or wife. Mm. There's something going on, dude. Because that dude was wide open, like, on four occasions. And when I say wide open, there was nobody within seven yards of this cat. Like, there was such a easy throw to him on four separate occasions that I saw in that game. And I didn't look at the all-22 tape yet, but I know four, at least, where he was just super wide open and Sam Darnold didn't even look his way. So I think there's something going on, and I think it has to do with relates back to New York Jet days. And I think somebody kind of, you know, went over to somebody's house, <laughs> paid, his, paid, paid his woman a visit, if you know who I'm talking about. It is possible. Should any explanation I could get at this point, I would greatly appreciate it because it's not going so hard. Yeah, I got theories like the X-Files, bro. I'll, I'll bring them to you <laughs> so, as we go along with these games. And, Kyler, speaking of that, let's get into these games because I, I need your thoughts on this because we had a terrible week last week. We got to talk this yeah. through, okay? We just yeah. – we, we this last week was unbecoming of us, okay? We were right. not – we were embarrassed. Both of us were embarrassed by the weeks we had. And if you lost money last week, we're going to make it up to you over the course of the next four weeks to give you the quality picks that will work out. So let's start with the first game. I got – Buffalo and the Washington football team, which I never get tired of saying that. And Buffalo is favored by seven. Um, don't know what you think about that one, Kyle. <laughs> What's your thoughts on Buffalo? They kind of come out the blocks a little, I, if you want to call it ragged, you can call it that. If you want to call it, Unimpressive, you can call it that. A lot of people are panicking about Josh Allen, which I think is ridiculous. Um, they beat a team 35 nothing, and everybody's still freaking out. So what's your thoughts on the Washington football team and the Buffalo Bills? And keep in mind, Buffalo is favored by a hard seven. Right. Um, so I think people are looking for the Josh Allen breakout game and they're thinking this is the week. But to me, I think this is actually more likely to be an Antonio Gibson breakout week. I think we're overdue for that. I think Heineke coming in, while it's not ideal, it's not a huge downgrade from Fitzpatrick. So I'm not super concerned about that injury. Um, and I think seven is a little egregious. So I'm actually going to take Washington to cover that spread. I think Buffalo wins the game, but I think Washington will be able to cover that spread. Seven is a little too much for me. So uh, I will pick Washington on that one. I agree with you, and I'll tell you why. Not because um, I think Buffalo is still trying to find themselves. I actually just think that Heineke is is a serviceable quarterback. He has enough weapons, and that defense is stout enough. Even though it hasn't shown itself to be stout yet, I think that they keep it close in this game. I don't see a reason for – because here's the other thing. Maybe the reason why 
Josh Allen is struggling is because the Buffalo Bills do not have a real running back. And I know Zach Moss is there and uh what is it? David David Singletary. They're David both there. Singletary. Yeah, yeah. They're they're both there. But do any of those guys scare you or cause you to stack a box? What's your thoughts no. on that? No, they don't. Josh Allen's really the most running threat on this team. Um, and Washington's got a dangerous front seven, so I think they're going to get after Josh Allen with pass rush. I don't think Buffalo's going to be able to run the ball at all. Um, I think if one running back's going to be on the field the most, this game is going to be Singletary for pass catching. Um, but I just, I just don't know if Buffalo's going to have enough offense to to get this going. And then on defense, I mean, McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, I think are going to have big games to where they'll be able to cover that spread and make this like a five point Buffalo win. I agree. I know you are banking on Antonio Gibson bounce back. Please (laughs) know where that is coming from. So we'll, we'll keep that between ourselves right now. Um, I think you're 100% correct. I, I don't see this game. I just see it just being nip and tuck all the way through the end. And I definitely see I definitely see Buffalo not covering whatsoever. I could see something like something weird like 26-20, 26-23, something like that. Um, it might even be more low scoring than that. But... I'm just at a point now where maybe people are just getting up for Buffalo too. They you they went out last year, won the division, great. Things get harder when the target is on your back as well. And so you got a young team trying to also understand what it is to be a favorite and have teams get up for you every week. So I think that uh their co- head coach uh Daywell, I think that Josh Allen is still a really good quarterback. We did expect some regression going into this season. Um, We didn't think he would put up the numbers he put up last season. Um, But we don't think he's as bad as he did the first two seasons. So to me, this is a good team, a young team, learning that every week now with the target on your back, you got to play like lights out football. You cannot come in and just, oh, we're just going to BS our way through this. <laughs> just <laughs> That's what it's going to be. And we just got enough talent. We're just going to win. You're starting to find out that uh, the NFL is a, a little bit harder league than they, they probably previously thought. Right. Yeah, this will. I think this will be a good game. Probably defensive oriented, but I do like this game a lot there's some fantasy implications as well so i'm looking forward to bills and football teams speaking of fantasy expectations this next game is close to both kyler's and my heart chicago invades the dog pound and it is justin fields era starts this sunday in cleveland Okay, so by the way, we're using FanDuel as the uh, spread. So, shots out to FanDuel. 
you ever want to give us some love, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know where to find KC and myself. All right. You know, send that email through and uh, we'll talk. We'll talk cheddar. All right. But this uh, this coin spread is seven and a half. Uh, Cleveland favorites. It is Justin Fields first start. It is on the road. That is a good defense. What's your thoughts on Justin Fields first game being this game? Yeah, I think there is a weird tendency for a lot of these rookie quarterbacks that are highly drafted that when they first start, they end up having a pretty good game because they don't have any film on them yet. So it's going to be tough to prepare for Justin Fields, especially with how dynamic he is. He's going to get a lot of these guys involved. I think we're going to see a completely different offense than we have the first two weeks. That being said, I still think Cleveland wins this game. I think they do it pretty decisively with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I think they cover this spread. I think it's a 10 to 14 point win for them just because it's a rookie quarterback making his first start on the road. And I think Fields is going to show some flashes, but not quite do enough to get it done. So I like Cleveland in this spot. Okay, talk me through this, Kyler, because here's the thing. I haven't seen the real Browns team this year so far. Okay. Um, I've not seen Baker Mayfield have that, that game yet. I'm wondering, I'm not saying that they're not going to win the division. That that's, there's clear. They're going to win. Here's my problem. Does make, does Baker Mayfield play down to his competition? Because if you're telling me that Montgomery and Justin Fields are going to be on the field and Allen Robinson is going to play, and Mooney is also out there, Daryl Mooney, which I know is one of your favorites, you don't think that Chicago could cover this game? Like, you you think that, that what, Cleveland's going to get out to like a 10 or 11 point lead and that's pretty much where it's going to be? Um, I think so, yeah. I think that Baker, I don't know if I would say he necessarily plays down to his competition. I just think he plays within the offense. Um, people saying he was going to be an MVP candidate before the season were out of their mind just because he doesn't play in a way that an MVP would get the numbers that he would need to get. Um, but I still think he's a pretty solid quarterback. Um, but I think it's going to be run heavy. Odell is coming back for this game, which I think is going to be important. It's going to add a new little layer to this offense that makes them more dynamic and brings more to the passing game that you're talking about. We haven't seen all of that quite yet. They have these tight ends. Uh, I think Jarvis is going to be out for this game, which does suck. They still have Richard Higgins. They have Anthony Schwartz, who I think is a little dynamic piece that they can start adding these little wrinkles into the offense with. And then the defense, I think, can do enough to make Fields a little nervous, especially with Miles Garrett. So, yeah, I, I, th- I, I think it's possible that Chicago covers the spread, but I won't pick them to do so. I have more faith in Cleveland than I do Chicago this week. Hmm. You know what, Baker? <clears throat> I'm going to tell you right now, I pitch you guys to win the division. I pitch you also to have a really great year as far as record-wise. But if you if you pull some sort of 
28 to 23 game and this game is like they're driving and your defense holds them this week we might have to reassess the Cleveland Browns I am reluctantly going to take Cleveland just because of the fact that there could be you know uh they might confuse the kid this week you know show cover two, and then drop into like a cover four, and he's not seen it, and he has a strong arm, and he throws it in there, and there's a pick or something, and um, flip the the field position battle. But I'm not like super confident in the seven and a half. You know, I'm not super confident. But I will take the Cleveland Browns in this game. But I'm, I'm suspect of them right now, which is... It's hard because I thought that division, other than them, was going to not be great. And so far, the results are pretty much that. We had a pretty good game from Lamar. We had not such a great game from Lamar. Pittsburgh's offense looks like an absolute, just, it looks like literally, it looks like Oklahoma wants a twister go through, right? It just looks like trash. That's what it looks like. So that's where we are. But Cleveland, we'll pick you this week. Please cover. That would be great. Now, the next game (laughs) involves the other team in that division that I was not sold on at the start of the year, and that is the Baltimore Ravens are going to the Lions' house and – Baltimore is also favored by seven and a half. Okay. (laughs) We understand that Detroit is not great, but are we expecting some sort of explosion from the Baltimore Ravens this week that would show that would basically, I mean, seven and a half points for this particular game. I thought was a little bit much personally, but that's what the spread is. What's your thoughts on the Baltimore's offense with all the running backs still hurt, Lamar Jackson after the week that he had last week, Kyler, and then what's your thoughts on either Detroit hanging with them? Have we seen enough of golf to know that, yeah, he's not going to win a bunch of games, but he's going to keep them relatively close? What's your thoughts on this particular game? Yeah, so I think it's going to be an absolute shootout. I'm not concerned at all about Baltimore's offense. I think Lamar... It's going to have another insane game against this Lions defense. I'm not concerned about that at all, but I'm concerned about Baltimore's defense, and I think Jared Goff actually has a pretty big blow-up game. I don't know if you saw this, but a defensive tackle, Brandon Williams, defensive end, Justin Matavoyke, and uh, Justin Houston, and Jalen Ferguson are all out for Baltimore. Um, also, Ronnie Stanley and Derek Wolf are out for this game. So they're dealing with a lot of injuries. That passer is going to struggle. So Goff, I think this is one of those games where Goff throws like 50, 55 times and he ends up with like 350, 400 yards. It's a shootout. I think Baltimore wins the game still because Lamar is just that great. But I think Detroit covers the spread. I think this game is going to be closer than people think it would be. And I'm honestly not going to be surprised if Detroit wins the game. I don't know if that's a hot take. That's That's a hot take. I'm not going to put my hair on it this time because, see, you got to put some skin in the game, buddy. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to win. I, 
you know, I picked Atlanta to win last time. I'm still picking Baltimore to win. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit won the game. I agree with you on all fronts. Here's the thing. I wasn't sold on Baltimore's defense before all the injuries, and now that they do have injuries, I'm obviously not sold on them. All right? They have a mass unit at the offensive line, and we already know their struggles when it comes to the running backs. Now, Tyson Williams has has shown himself to be pretty reputable running back as far as that's concerned. We're happy about that. Um, And I'm sure our guy Nico is super excited about that since uh, he has uh, (laughs) CMC on his team. But I'm with you. I, I don't think that Baltimore can hold off Detroit in the sense of covering the spread. I think this is like a four-point game, and I think it's going to be something like 34-30, somewhere in there. And uh, it's going to take another Lamar Jackson game. It's going to take another game where he puts this team on his back. And I'm going to tell you something. If he does it this week, I might have to change my tune on Lamar. Because you know what my status on Lamar was going into the season. I was not sold. I'm not sold on the kid yet. I want to be sold on him. I think he's such a dynamic talent. Um, And I'm just, I like the decisions he made last week very much. I just, I love what he did last week. I just want to see more of it. I just need consistency. If he can pull this win out and look good doing it, I might have to have a Mia Copa next week on Lamar Jackson. But right Thank now, you. It's, still, it's, still, it's still what it was. Inconsistent play. I don't know if you're a very accurate quarterback. I don't know if you if you get me wins when the team is struggling. So if you want to be in the upper echelon of quarterbacks, Lamar, everybody else has crowned you and put you at that level. I have not yet. So I might be the only guy in the wilderness, you know, isolated from all of mankind that doesn't believe in Lamar Jackson. But this game would go a long way of fixing that. So I'm hoping for a great game on the kid. I'm hoping that they win. Uh, and you're right on a lot of aspects. This is perfect for Jared Goff. He should have all the time in the world. TJ Hawkinson should have a big game. Oh, he might have 500 yards in just this game. <laughs> um, and, and, and the surprise of the, of the, of the year so far is uh, the development of one Quintez Cephas. Oh, this well, ain't no surprise. Well, I've been saying before the season, it was Quintez Cephas season. Dude, you listen, there was a lot of guys season for you, right? Like a lot of guys. But hey, Quintez listen, Cephas, and they're either having their season or they tore their ACL. There's no in between. <laughs> You're not going to put the, the, the jinx on this kid, right? All right. And no, no, he's having his season. All right. So, yeah, so we're looking at a situation where Detroit looks, they are primed to cover this game. And if I knew what the over-under it was in this game, I'd tell you take the over. Just take it. 
whatever it is, take it. Oh, it's sure. like 55 points. Take it. Just take that. Because there should be a lot of points scored in this game. All right. We're going to move along to a game that is uh, probably going to be boring as shit. Okay, Kyle? I'm just going to let you know right now. We have the Indianapolis Colts going to Tennessee, going to Nashville. Shout out to our boy, Nick Reed. That's our guy. Um, and I guess uh, shout out to the other acquaintance in the green room, Amy Street. I believe she's also from there. Um, it's four and a half. Tennessee is favored. What's your thoughts on Indianapolis? I, I can tell you my thoughts on them um and i will later what's your thoughts of this game how do you see this game playing out what's the fantasy implications in this game between tennessee and the indianapolis Colts? right so i'll start with the last thing you said which is the fantasy implications and uh there's really just two words for fantasy implications in this game uh derrick henry that's all we really care about. And I guess, you know, if you have Julio or AJ Brown, sure. But it, it's a Derrick Henry game. Um, there was a game against the Colts, I believe, where he had, you know, buck 78 and three touchdowns, something like that. I'm not going to be surprised at all if he gets that again. Um, and this game is really going to come down to quarterback play for the Colts, which uh, it's looking like Brett Hundley is going to start for them instead of Jacob Eason. So that'll be interesting to say the least um i mean it's, to it's my boy from ucla brett hunley that's my guy yeah brett hunley is a okay quarterback i guess um it'll be a jonathan taylor game though it'll be taylor versus derrick henry a lot of running this game will be over in 30 real-time minutes because of the clock running so much so <laughs> even if it's a boring game it'll be over quick so shout out to that Oh uh, I, I, I'm going to pick Tennessee to win this game. I I originally had the Colts covering the spread, but then I remember that quarterback play matters in the NFL, and I picked the Titans. So I'm, uh, I'm picking the Titans to cover that spread. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that um, if you're a fan of both these teams, uh, drink through the game. Just, just drink through it. Brent Huntley is is starting this game, and um, even though he's a UCLA guy, you know I don't have my UCLA rose colored glasses on. This is a problem for Indy. This is a real issue. So, you like you said, it goes down to the running backs, and Derrick Henry is the best running back, or one of the best running backs in the NFL. And my hope is that Tannehill can hold on to the damn football. Okay? Can you please have ball security? Can you get the ball and hand it to one Derrick Henry and let him do his thing? And then, by the way, I only need you to throw about 18 passes in this game. Do not throw more than 18. You're shitty at it. We have found out that you without Arthur Smith means Ryan Tannehill of Miami days. 
that guy sucked. You now, again, suck. So I want Derrick Henry to just run the football. I just want him to run the football. That's it. And the four and a half, definitely, I think this could be ugly. Um, the only thing is, is that Tennessee's defense is not great. That might be the only thing that keeps this game somewhat close is that their their defense is not great either. So we'll see how this game comes out. But I'm going to pick Tennessee in a battle of kind of field goals and whatever. I'll say like 26-20. They win. It'll be super boring. It might not even be that many points. I might actually be giving them too many points. It might be something Yeah, like, I was about to say. That's like a little generous. 20 to 15, right? <laughs> like, you know, Indy gets five yeah, field goals. Six to two. Now, six to two ball game. Listen, if it's six to two, that means that Tennessee doesn't cover the spread. Okay. Uh, we, we, need, we need yeah, to right. cover the spread. Put them in math. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Wait, before we, move on, way, before we move on games, uh, I just want to uh, defend Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's not that bad. I, I blame the offensive line so far for their passing struggles. The old line is shit. So I, I don't think it's all on Tannehill. You uh, moved down my QB rankings, but Fumbles not. Matter. I don't think he should. Fumbles matter. I know they matter. And that that man has fumbled football a lot in in the first two games. He has he has fumbled the ball, but his O line is not giving him the same protection as he needs. Besides fumbling, I still think he's a pretty all right quarterback. He's not as bad as Miami. Miami's not very pretty. So they can sure up the O line. I'm talking about in Miami. I'm talking about that version. No, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. He's not that bad. Yeah. Okay. He's not that Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. All right. So we still have KC still has belief in Ryan Tannehill, and I believe that we should, whatever the nearest river is to Nashville, we should dump him in it. <laughs> okay. That's my thoughts on that. KC, yeah, still, fan, still fan, still believer, but I'm a Tannehill guy. I'm off that bandwagon on a real level. <laughs> All right. I'm glad we got some Ryan Tannehill support. Okay, I am actually happy about that. That that you know, there's there's always somebody for for somebody. There's always somebody. All right, this next game should excite you on so many levels: fantasy implications, big game implications, and all of that. We got the Los Angeles Chargers going into Arrowhead to face Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek. Hill, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and also probably the one of the best tight ends to ever do it. And that's Travis Kelsey. So what's your thoughts on Herbert, his chances, the two big wide receivers outside, Austin Eckler? What say you about this game fantasy wise? And then what say you about this game when it comes to the point spread? Because KC is favored by a solid Seven. No hook, just seven. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a really good game. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as some people think just because it's a division game. And those usually aren't as much as shootouts as people like to think they would be. Um, but still a big spot for Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams. And then on the other side, Mahomes, Tyree, Travis, Kelsey, all those guys. 
Um, I think this game is come, coming down to the fact that Mahomes just lost for the first time in September and just threw his first pick in September. And now, and you know, they lost to Lamar in heartbreaking fashion. Mahomes is going to go insane in this game. I, I got Mahomes thrown for over 400 yards in this one, and I have the Chiefs covering the spread purely off of Mahomes' hatred in his heart. Um, I, I just don't think there's anything Herbert can do in this game. I like the Chargers a lot. I still have them as a playoff team, and I think the Chargers are really good. But I just I think in this game, there's no team in the NFL that's going to stop Mahomes. Here's the other thing that people aren't talking about, and it does make a difference. There's actual fans in the stands. Justin Herbert did not face any adversity. And that crowd at Arrowhead is going to be freaking loud. Yeah. It is going to be absolutely insane. It's a division game. Everybody in that division hates one another. Denver hates the Raiders. The Raiders hate everybody. The Chargers are just trying to be relevant, but they hate people or whatever because they lost like running backs to Denver and other other teams. And there's just a lot of almost kind of incestual stuff that goes on in that division. We've seen like, you know, weird free agent pickups throughout the history of the AFC West. So this makes no difference in to me personally about what is going to happen. But I think Herbert himself is going to struggle just because that crowd, he has not seen something this aggressive since his days at Oregon. So I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see the kid and see how he uh, reacts to it. But I'm thinking you're right. I'm thinking that uh, we're going to find out a lot about their head coach. You know, they replaced Anthony Lynn. They got the D.C. from the Rams, Staley. And I want to see what this guy is all about. Because he put a a really aggressive defense out on the field uh, when he had the Rams. I don't know about what do you, what's your thoughts on Bosa and that that particular defensive line getting after Patrick Mahomes because I will tell you from my vantage point that offensive line is still not great. Right. I think Bosa is going to have a good game. I think that's the one thing that will slow down Kansas City is that pass rush, especially because they don't have a running game. So that will be interesting to see, but I don't think it's going to matter too much. Now, if Bosa can get a strip sack and all of a sudden there's a turnover in the equation, now it might get different if the Chargers can win the turnover battle. Um, but I, I still think Mahomes does enough. I think he'll get the ball out quick to Kelsey. I think this is a Kelsey game instead of a Tyreek game, personally, if I had to pick one or the other, just with that quick passing game to avoid Bosa. Um, but they're all going to have a field day. and I, I'm not considering that too much in my pick on the spread all right here's where i'm gonna go with this i i want to see it i just want to see the kid play well and if the kid plays well and keeps this game close he has the weapons to do it i think that the chargers defense is actually better than kansas city's defense i think the one thing that kansas city has 
that the Chargers don't have is they they have a they have a game breaker on the other side in uh the Honey Badger. He is the key to this whole situation. If Herbert can throw stay away from picks, this game is going to be close. My problem is is that I don't know if he's going to be able to stay away from a pick or two. So I think that Kansas City can win. I think this could be a game where they win by eight. It'll be something like 28-20, somewhere in there, uh, which is relatively low scoring for both these offenses. Um, They both have the potential to go off for 40 easy. Um, But this week, 28-20 sounds good. Mahomes gets back on track. I would like to see him utilize Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I would like to see that. I would like to see him get touches in the passing game as well, which we have not seen a lot of. I think there's a almost another dimension to this offense that they just have either decided not to use or they're going to implement it throughout the year and kind of unpack it as they go. And I don't know when that's going to happen, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, needs to establish some sort of running game to help out Patrick Mahomes so he doesn't get destroyed. Because that's uh, the other be thing. Fair, though, the last about. time, the last time we saw Clyde running the ball, he fumbled the game away for the Chiefs. So it might be a little while. Well, if we're if we're looking at what what is it, Damian Williams or whatever behind him, Daryl Williams, Daryl yeah. Williams, whatever. All right, here's the thing. I'm 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 not high on that guy. And I no, just I'm think not, that he's not going to run. They're just yeah, not I mean, gonna do that. You, you could be 100% correct on that. And if they don't run, the game might be a little bit closer than we think. Because I think you have to you have to show some sort of balance. And I understand that the kid fumbled. I get it. I understand that you might have a situation where you don't trust him in those type of situations. And maybe you can do something that you're – you know, you have enough – dynamic athletes to do something like late in the fourth quarter if you are really worried about ball control. But if you don't establish that kid at some point, then there's going to be teams just basically pinning their ears back to go get Patrick Mahomes because they're going to say, you don't have a running game. And we might find out by week six, they don't. They don't have a running game. They pick Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hella early, right? And they're going to have to dip their uh, toe in the draft again to get another running back. We could find that out, right? I mean, it's a it's a possibility. But I think that if you use this kid in the passing game, you know, get him a couple of these bubble screens or whatever, because him in open space is, is a ridiculous situation. Saw that LSU. We've seen flash it of, of it in the NFL. We just haven't seen him put it all together. So this is about the time where it needs to – it needs to happen. So if you if he's gonna do it, this would be a good game to do it in. Um, it is a divisional rival, and really, if you started out the year, you thought it was KC's division to win, with the Chargers kind of nipping at their heels. Um, we've seen a little bit more from Denver in in, in Vegas, and that's kind of weird, but. We'll see how this all plays out, but I do definitely have Kansas City winning like 28-20. I just think the crowd too much. I think there's a pick in there for Herbert. 
Um, and I just don't, I don't know if they're ready for that type of atmosphere with Justin Herbert. Right. I would agree. I think the crowd will be an issue, but I think Herbert, I actually like his poise a lot. He strikes me as a guy that isn't going to get super overwhelmed. So I'm not even super concerned about that. It is a concern, but I think I'm a little less worried about it than you are, but I'm still picking the Chiefs to cover that spread. KC, the next game that we get to talk about has to do with your favorite team. Let's go. Your New England Patriots. Yes. They are playing the Jameis Winston New Orleans Saints. No chance. This spread is three. It is in Foxborough. The yes. hoodie will be on Jameis's ass. For sure. Yes. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Jameis. Alvin Kamara is also on this team. Their wide receivers are absolute garbage. Yes. What's your thoughts? First of all, I want you to opine about one, Mac Jones, a.k.a. what? Michael McCorkle Jones, a.k.a. AKA what? A.K.A. Mac and Cheese. Okay. Yes, sir. So I'm going to let you go off on that. I want you to tell me about how I should feel about Damian Harris because he's that run last week was stupid. It was dumb. That was a dumb run. Okay. Yes. If you haven't seen it, kids, go to YouTube. Check out Damian Harris' run last week because it was old school. It was Earl Campbell-esque. And if you don't know who that is, shame on you. Yeah, go go to YouTube and check out some Earl Campbell tape as well. If you want to go a little more contemporary, Jerome Bettis, that still might be too too old for you, but check that out as well. Damian Harris look like a man. What's your thoughts on this game in New England? Crowd at a frenzy. They got to get this dub because you know what comes next week. Yeah. Uh, we need this win. By the way, shout out to Earl Campbell. You went to University of Texas. Shout out to Earl Campbell. Uh, but I like this game a lot for us. I think our defense is going to hawk on Jameis Winston throwing the ball. And uh, as far as our offense goes, you know, Damian Harris is great. And that being said, I don't think it's a Damian Harris game. He's broke his finger and he's been wearing a little cast in practice. I'm sitting him in a couple of spots where I have him at. I'm a little concerned about Damian Harris's workload this week. This might be a J.J. Taylor, James White game. Um, but I do still like the Patriots to win this game and cover the spread because we're just going to be safe with the ball. I think it comes down to turnovers, and we're not going to do that. Um, my only real concern is our offensive line because when Trent Brown isn't there, that right side is kind of getting abused. But other than that, I think if we can share that up, we'll be okay. Not getting any of these uh, dumb holding penalties. You know, just keep the ball safe. I think this might be a uh, a big James White game. Love me some James White, a.k.a. Christian McCaffrey, before Christian McCaffrey. Um, doesn't get like as injured. Jared. Doesn't get yes. as injured. Yes, the, everyone knows the best availability is durability. Therefore, James White's better than Christian McCaffrey. Um, but Josh solid, Uche, solid take. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's foolproof. You can't tell me I'm wrong. Um Uche is great. He's having a breakout year. Matthew Judon, fun fact, by the way, 
that I learned the other day is that, uh, you know, the top two players in the league as far as uh, pressures are Matthew Judon and Josh Uche. Just saying. Bill Belichick puts saying. together defenses like no other. I will tell you that those two massive tackles that they picked up in free agency help that those defensive ends. Helps those oh, sure. rushers. So shots out to 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 the hoodie, spending like a drunken sailor on on leave and found a couple Thailand hookers to hook up with because that's how he spent money during the offseason. Right. <laughs> For real. Right. I, uh, I like the Patriots cover the spread. I think it's going to be low scoring, um, but I think we'll come away with a win and uh, cover that spread. I I can't disagree with this. Um, I believe that I'm, I'm going to ask you a question because I understand that they're using the same template as they use with Brady. And I'm really not trying to compare the kid to Brady because that's just so unfair. But do you think at any point that we have a Kendrick Bourne game? Do you think that one of the wide receivers or even Johnny Smith or uh, Hunter Henry? Yeah, Hunter Henry. You think at any point that they have a breakout game? I mean, I know he's never going to throw like 50 times or anything like that, but um, what's your thoughts on on the wide receivers and the and the pass catchers for the New England Patriots? Um, I mean, I don't think if he does have his breakout game, it'll be this week. You know, I think we're going to be pretty run heavy, you know, slow tempo. We only have one passing touchdown this whole season. Um, so I don't think it's going to be, you know, Two touchdowns for Kendrick Bourne and a touchdown here for Nelson Aguilar. And oh, uh, Jacoby Myers gets one too. I don't think it's going to be one of those types of deals. I think it'll just be check down city. Uh, Kendrick Bourne might get 40, 50 yards maybe in this game, explain his role on the team. Um, I think his end of year stats are going to look worse than what he actually brings to the table for sure, which is the case with pretty much every receiver on this team. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say it's going to be, uh, no real big stats on the Patriots this week. So are you looking at a a game that New England ends up with like 21 or 23 points and something like Jameis and them end up with like 13 or 14 points? Yeah, I think we win this one like 21-13. All right. That's about where I'm at. Here's the thing. Again, yes, last year – Jameis was behind Drew Brees. Yes, he might be. He has looked like a better quarterback, a more competent guy this year. But you know what? Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. And guess what? This week is a week where Jameis Winston gets punched in the face because it's not just Uche. It's not just Judon. It's Winovich. It's the others. Dude, they get after it. And Belichick always has something up his sleeve. He changes the uh, the defense assignments every single week. You never know who's going to be the guy who's going to start on that team, especially on defense. We haven't seen a really big game from Dante Hightower yet. So... I'm looking for just some uh, old school Patriots win. 
we're going back to literally 2001, right? We are just going to hold teams down. So 21-13 sounds really about right. If you want to give, if you want to give Jameis another field goal, make it 21-16, I won't, you know, I wouldn't be mad at that. But I'll tell you this, New England's going to cover that spread because they know what next week is, okay? And we won't talk about it right now because when that game comes up, you're going to see these two people, these two individuals that are on blessing you on the mic. We're going to lose our freaking minds next week, just to say. I will not be okay. I'm not going to be okay. I'm going to need eight prescription of Adderall for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brady's coming to town. I'm scared. I'm frightened. That leads us to our next game because it it, it also picks two teams who, uh, yeah, we are. Mm-mm-mm. Atlanta travels to East Rutherford, New Jersey, home of the New York Giants. And the Giants are favored by three points. No hook, no anything. Daniel Jones, we have not seen a good Saquon Barkley yet. They do have pretty good wide receivers. I am interested on your thoughts on Saquon, how he's going to look. Is Daniel Jones as bad as he has looked? And the other thing... Actually, let me take that back. He actually looked good against Washington. I think we he's inconsistent as hell. But what do you think about the breakout players on Atlanta as well? Because they got a couple of dudes that people are interested in. So give me a breakdown of that. And like I said, the point spread is three. You can talk about that at the end. Yeah, so I think starting with the Falcons offensive players, I think you know, Matt Ryan is going to have another shitty game. I don't like Matt Ryan in this spot at all. I actually like the Giants' defense. Um, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts are obviously the two main guys. And then at running back, you have Mike Davis, Cordell Patterson. I'm sitting Davis and Patterson this week. Ridley and Pitts, you kind of have to play. But uh, I think Ridley might get shadowed by James Bradbury, which will be interesting to see. That's an interesting matchup, although Bradbury got cooked by Terry McLaurin last week. Yes, he okay. did. Yes, he did. And that's my thoughts on that one situation. It's like, Odori Jackson looks good, but that guy, Bradbury, who's supposed to be really good, looked like ass last week. Yeah, he got torched. Um, this could be a big Kyle Pitts game, um, but if I'm expecting breakouts in this game, it's from the Giants side of the field, which I didn't expect to say before the season started. But I think this is a big Daniel Jones game. I think it's a big Sterling Shepard game. And I'm not concerned about Saquon so far this season because I think this is the blow-up game. If he doesn't do it here, then I'll be a little concerned. But I think this is the game where Saquon gets his 20 touches, gets his over 100 scrimmage yards, probably finds his way to the end zone. And because of all these things, I like the Giants to win this game and cover the spread. Um, I think there's going to be... I don't even want to say a shootout because I don't think Atlanta matches. I think the Giants are actually going to win this game kind of decisively. I like the Giants a lot in this matchup, even though they're 0-2. But uh, the Falcons are ass. So, 
Vince, you were muted. You were not talking. Okay, here's what I'll say. I agree with a lot of what you said. Bradbury scared the hell out of me last week. <laughs> okay, he he made Terry McLaurin look like Jerry Rice. Okay, and that's that's hard to do. Um, Calvin Ridley could have a really big game. Now, if you're smart, you will double him with a safety over the top, and you will not leave Bradbury on that island alone. Because if they go zero, if they go zero coverage, and that dude is left on an island, Calvin Ridley will have a monster game. I'm not sold on the Atlanta offensive line. Um, which also then makes me not sold on Matt Ryan, right? Because I think it it just it coincides with one another. What we did see out of Danny Dimes last week is that his ability to run the football and his zest for doing it it reminded me of Duke. It reminded me of what the kid looked like when he was in in college. So. If that is going to be something that they utilize uh, occasionally in every game, that it becomes a threat, it opens up the offense a lot. I do agree with you on Sterling Shepard. Um, I think this is a, this could be another really good game for him. I think that the Giants have to win sometime, and why not here, right? Why not here? So they're favored by three. Usually, you know what my thing is that when Vegas has a home team favored by three or less, they know something, that something can go wacky in this game. And the only thing that gives me any, like, moment of just, like, pause is that Kyle Pitts is on the other side of that field. And they have they have Nothing. Nothing. That goes up against that. It is hard to cover six foot five, six foot six, two hundred and forty-five pounds running four threes. So I don't expect something weird to happen in this game. But if I had to say, like, I'm gonna take the Giants to win, I'm gonna take the Giants to cover, but I swear to God, if there's some sort of play towards the end of this game where somehow Kyle Pitts is wide open down the middle of the field because there's a blown assignment, I wouldn't be shocked at that either. These are two teams that are trending not in the right direction, and I hope that the Giants do win, but I could see Atlanta pulling one out as well, but I'm going to take the Giants in this game. Now, Kyler... <laughs> this is the Nico special game. Okay. Yes. Cincinnati is going to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is only favored by three. Um, this is a divisional game. Divisional games are usually close. We got a lot of stuff going on. We got Mixon. We got Burrow. We got the two wide receivers on the outside, Boyd and Jamar Chase. And then uh, on the other side, we got old-ass Ben Roethlisberger, who looks like he should be in a walker. 
we got Najee Harris, who still hasn't really had a breakout game yet because his offensive line is just absolute garbage. And uh, I guess there's the Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Claypool combination. You can go in any direction you want. Remember that Nico's already uh, in the fetal position because of uh, Christian McCaffrey. So if you pick against the Steelers, he might literally lose his damn mind. But uh, make the fearless pick anyway, Kyler. Right. Uh, I hate that you set me up for this. Uh, I think the Steelers are actually going to blow out the Bengals. I don't think this game is going to be that close, to be honest. Uh, I think the Steelers are just going to dominate on defense. I don't think Joe Mixon is going to do anything. I think Burroughs is going to get sacked a bunch. His pass was just too good. Um, and then on offense, the Bengals defense just doesn't look very good. Uh, Deontay's out for this game, which sucks. Um, but, you know, Claypool and Juju will do their thing. I think this is the big-time Najee Harris game. And I think that'll be enough to propel them in this matchup to win. Uh, this is a pretty simple game for me to pick, to be honest. I feel very confident about Pittsburgh to win. Okay, this is another game where I got to really think about this. Because the defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers is is far superior. If Joe Mixon is going to do anything, it'll be in the passing game, right? Like, I don't think he can run the football against that defense. He will have to get his yards and his touches in the passing game. The one thing that I do like about Joe Burrow is that he keeps that team in every game. I think that that offensive line has failed him this year again, which is alarming again. But they went with the Jamar Chase deal. We've talked about it at nauseum. Sewell was on the board. We'll let it go. You're right. Pittsburgh will win. They just got the better defense. Do you believe that this is the shootout, though? Do you believe that this is a game where Pittsburgh can score 30? Uh, no, because I think they're going to be very focused on the run game without Deontay Johnson. I think it'll be you know a 24-point game that the Steelers have, 24 to 13. Oh, you have no confidence in, in the abilities no, of I think one Tyler Boyd and – in a Jamar Chase. I don't. I don't. Well, I think it's going to be a hell of a lot closer than that. (laughs) I think it's going to be a hell of a lot closer than that. I think that Nico is biting his nails at the end of this game. I think this is going to be one of those games where I think there's going to be a turnover or two by both sides as far as that's concerned. It's going to be like 26-23. I think this is an absolute push. I think this is a field goal game. I think Vegas has this right. Like, on the money. I know we don't usually do pushes. We're always, like, you know, stand on our deal. But I, I tell you, I just... I think that that secondary can be beat. And I think that with Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase being, you know, over six feet tall. We haven't tested Hayden yet 
You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys haven't been tested yet. And if he understands that, listen, I'm probably going to get popped, but I got guys who can go up and get the ball, and there's a couple 50-50 balls, I'm sure he's very confident in Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase. So I get where you're coming from. I can understand that. I can understand them winning this game for sure. I just don't know if it's going to be that decisive as you have it. I think Nico's going to be biting his nails the whole entire game or taking several bong hits, one of the two. <laughs> you Maybe know both. which one it is. Come on, though. You know which one. Maybe both. Maybe both. Sure. So, and you know what? The only thing that I can say about this is that I don't know if I would feel the same if Ben wasn't starting. I would actually be more – I think I'd be more confident if Ben wasn't starting that they would win this game. I just think that he is now a detriment to that team. He can't move. No, I I can't say that, especially when their backup is Mason Rudolph. Listen, the guy can't move. The guy can't throw the football down the field. He's, He's like super inaccurate throwing it deep. It's crossing route city now for Ben Roethlisberger. So... I, I want to see the game. I want to see how it all plays out, but I think that this is going to be a little bit closer than what you have it, but we can always agree to disagree. Which brings me to the next matchup, because this one, there's almost nothing to talk about except for one player. This is the Arizona Cardinals going to Duval County and playing the Urban Meyer Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep, I say Urban Meyer. I did not say Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence has looked like ass. But there's only one player to talk about in this game, and I'm going to go ahead and let Kyler talk about him. It's his namesake, but we call him Little Kyler Murray, my favorite player in the NFL outside of my favorite team, the Rams. Yeah, I'm very excited about this game purely because Kyler Murray is going to go insane in this one. By the way, the fact that you said Urban Meyer, and not Trevor Lawrence's disrespect. Urban Meyer is worse for that team than Trevor Lawrence. Urban Meyer is probably the worst coach in the league right now. He's ass. Absolutely agree, but he's the only reason why I can even like look at that team. Not because I like him. I I think it's a complete clown show there, and I think that Trevor Lawrence has been marginalized because of Urban Meyer. So that's why I can't even say Trevor Trevor Lawrence because he's being suppressed by one Urban Meyer. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, but Kyler Murray's going to go insane with or without DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is a game-time decision. Uh, but he's, to me, not a normal game-time decision because he's a player that can play without practicing. So I'm not going to be surprised at all if he suits up. If he doesn't, I don't think it changes my opinion on the spread really at all. It'll be a Rondale Moore game. You know, maybe we get... The occasional, oh, A.J. Green scored a touchdown. Remember 2016? That's pretty cool. We might get one of those. Oh, so Christian Kirk might have a good game. touchdown. All right, cool. Yes. I mean, it, it's possible. Um, and then as far as the Jaguars go, I don't know. Marvin Jones might score once or twice. Hoping LaVisca Chenault stops being ass. Mm. Please. Because I've missed on him so far. Mm. Um, but... This spread could have been a 15. I'm still picking Arizona to cover. Arizona's going to dominate this game. Um, this is what teams that 
are not expected to do anything, end up doing, right? Arizona has a really good defense. They have some ball hawks out in that secondary. They have Chandler Jones and JJ, JJ Watt. And we're not even going to even talk about, you know, Zayvon Collins and and uh, I, the kid from Clemson who they Isaiah drafted Simmons. last year. Yeah, uh, Isaiah Simmons. I love him. I love him. I love him a lot. He's great. Here's the deal. This is a blowout. Okay, this is point simple a blowout. This game should be over by halftime. Okay? If you got Kyler Murray on your fantasy team, guess what? This is a big game for him. I don't know if it's going to be 40 points. I have no idea. But I do know this. They're going to win this game easily by 20. I could even probably go higher than that, personally. But I'm going to show a little respect. I'm going to go ahead and say this game is like 38-10. We're, we're done. That means that maybe, possibly, Chase Edmonds and James Conner get some run in the second half because they'll be up by so much that they can run the football. So if you have those two guys, maybe this is a week where one of them does something. Um, but I'm really looking forward to just Kyler Murray just destroying the Jacksonville Jaguars and hopefully Urban Meyer uh, going to back to college. Yeah, go go to middle school also because uh, this is bad. This is so bad that you have to demote from college to a lower level of coaching. I'm sad. Please give James Robinson the ball. I'm tired of seeing him get seven carries a game. Yeah, we're going to have to put an APB out on James Robinson. I don't know if he uh, – does Does Urban Meyer know that James Robinson is on the actual team? Just thoughts? Apparently not. Okay. Did that guy have over 1,000 yards last year? He you did as a rookie. Yeah. Undrafted free agent. Huh. Wow. Urban Meyer is not a good football coach. Not I don't know what film he saw to see Carlos Hyde and think he's Marcus Allen. But That's that Ohio State thing. And I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. It might be. That is wild. Well, we don't even have to talk about this game anymore because it's disgusting, but we have an even more disgusting game to talk about. And we're going to go ahead and shout out Ash, our guy in Green Room, because we are about to talk about the New York Jets going to – Going to Denver and playing Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater, and those Denver Broncos. So, Kyler, it's a ten and a half point spread, which is a huge spread. But that's the disrespect yes. that the New York Jets get because they look like absolute trash. Makai Becton is hurt. Um, Zach Wilson looked like what Zach Wilson was supposed to look like against the Patriots, right? Eat four interceptions. His first two passes intercepted. Bill Belichick wins again, right? That's what rookie quarterbacks look like. Guess what? If he thought he had, if he thought he saw a ghost last week, Von Miller <laughs> is licking his chops, waiting to play the New York Jets. Tyler, what's your thoughts on the game? And give me some fantasy uh, guys that I should look out for. Yeah, on the Jets side of things for fantasy. Uh, it looks like Jamison Crowder's not going to play again. So if he doesn't, 
Braxton Berrios is probably going to play and uh, be a, a decent flex play. I don't love him as a waiver wire pickup, but you can put him in a flex spot until Crowder comes back. Um, but that's all I would play on the Jets. And the rest of their team is pretty ass. Um, as far as the Broncos, I think this might be the Javante Williams game. I think it's possible. Um, I like what I see from him. I think this could be it. Bridgewater's a good streamer if you need a quarterback. Uh, this could be a another big Cortland Sutton game. He had a huge game last week. Uh, maybe not that big of a game, but it could be on that level. And uh, I'm not going to lie, the, the spread was so big that I considered taking the Jets just to have that different pick in these uh in these spreads, but I, I couldn't do it. I picked Denver to win this game because it'll come down to turnovers, and Bridgewater's not turning the ball over more than Zach Wilson. He's just not going to do it. I like Teddy Bridgewater as a quarterback. He doesn't turn the ball over ever. And I think that'll be the key in this game. So I got Denver winning this pretty decisively. I'll tell you right now, the only reason I will even see any of this game is because I have red zone. And uh, I'll be seeing a lot of Denver in the red zone, scoring points. Noah Fant doing big things. Uh, the wide receiver core doing doing what they need to do. And, yes, one of the running backs is going to break out. Okay? One of them should have a pretty good game. I believe that the kid out of North Carolina – because he has pass catching ability, and I don't look at Melvin Gordon as somebody who catches balls out of the backfield very well. I think that he gets to show that and hopefully get a stranglehold on that number one spot and be the RV one for the Denver Broncos going forward. Uh, this is typical of Melvin Gordon by you know first part of the year play I then. Somebody loses confidence in them, and then by week six, you got either a running back by committee by week eight or nine. The running back two is now running back one, and hopefully this is the start of that progression again for one Melvin Gordon. Uh, I believe, just like Tyler said, Teddy Bridgewater is not going to make mistakes. The Jets defense cannot make Teddy Gregewater make mistakes. So ten and how real easy. It's gonna be even I think it's gonna be something like twenty seven thirteen, something like that. Two touchdowns, easy, easy win. Uh Denver is three and O, which is incredible in that AFC West because it's all it's freaky Friday, man. We got the Raiders at two and I'm just I'm so confused about what's going on. I know it's early, but it's still confusing to me. Um, and we don't play a lot of games in the NFL, so every game counts. So we'll see how it goes. I, I don't think there's too much more we need to talk about with the Jets in Denver, right, Casey? I would agree. Yeah, I I don't want to talk about it or watch it, to be frank. All right, which leads us to the Las Vegas Raiders and their nightclub inside their stadium. They will be taking on the Miami Dolphins, who, where, where are we with, with either one of these teams? Um, KC, talk about Derek Carr, what he's done this year. Obviously, Darren Waller is a, is a crime situation, and 
give us an update on Josh Jacobs and is this going to be a, a, a Drake game? Uh, yeah, so Josh Jacobs is looking like a game-time decision. He's doubtful. I don't think he plays. So I think there's going to be another Kenyon Drake, Peyton Barber game. They seem to like Drake as the third down back and Barber to get early down work. And it's just like, why is Peyton Barber still getting touches in the league? He's not good. I don't understand. Um, but, you know, he's a, he's a Gruden grinder, I guess. So, sure. But despite that, I think they actually win this game against Miami because uh, two is out. Jacoby Bursett's in. You saw the offense looked is pretty shitty. Uh, Will Fuller does come back, but I don't know. It's just a weird fit with a Will Fuller, Jalen Wild, these deep threats, and then Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. I'm just kind of confused on how this is going to work. This could be a Gaskin game. Just with I was these little just about to passes. ask you about that. I was just about to ask you, is this the game that Miles Gaskins breaks out? Uh, I don't know about breaks out, but I think he'll be – the biggest contributor on this Miami team in this offense with just these little check down passes runs for about five or six pretty consistently. So I like Miami to, uh, to win this game and to cover the spread. Um, or no, I like, uh, I like okay. Las Vegas. Sorry. I like Las Vegas to, uh, to cover the spread uh, and win the game because Darren Waller is unstoppable. I just, I don't think that they, uh, they can do anything about it. And Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro is my guy. Um, you know, every game there's a chance that we get the Henry Ruggs 60 yard touchdown. We'll see if that happens again. I'd like to see him get involved a little more. Um, but yeah, I, I feel pretty confident in Vegas winning this game. I'm gonna tell you right now if Tua was playing in this game, I would actually probably take the Miami Dolphins, and I'll tell you why. The Raiders are good for that one game a year where you're just kind of going like, there should be no way they lose this game. No way they should lose this game. But they do find a way of losing it. Unfortunately for Miami fans, I don't think this is the week. I don't think Jacoby Brissett is the guy that can kind of sneak you in a a victory as far as that's concerned. Uh, I hate to say that. Uh... Former New England Patriot, you know, good guy, uh, seems to be pretty stand-up, but I just don't know if Miami could score with the Raiders because I think that's what it's going to take is that I'm not saying that it's going to be like super high scoring, but can Miami score 27 points? And I don't think they can. So that's the problem is that I think that Vegas will end up scoring something like 24 to 26 points and Miami will struggle to score like 17. So that's why I think that the three and a half definitely take Vegas. uh, And I think you can pretty much take that pretty confidently. Actually, Uh, I do. I do respect the defense of the Miami Dolphins, though. If for some reason Carr does have that blow up game, where he throws three picks because he has been known to do that. I hope this is a new Derek Carr, and we don't have that. But the pass is shown is different. But I am banking on Carr being a new guy, Waller just being awesome, and Rugg somehow getting behind the deepest safety and getting a touchdown 
and 26-14 sounds good to me. Kyler, what do you say about that? Uh, I I agree with all of that, really. I don't think it's going to be a crazy high-scoring game. I think this will be uh, just kind of, you know, safe football from both sides, to be honest. Um, I think Vegas will play the safest football and win the game. Not much to it. This will be a very mediocre type of, you know, maybe a 26 to 17 type game, 26 to 21 type of deal. All right. Well, not too much more to be said about that. Now I'm going to skip over a game real quick because we don't talk about that almost next to last, but Seattle is going to Minnesota. Shouts out to our guy Momo. All right. Let's see. Minnesota has looked, what, confusing this year? Um, Russ is doing what he does early on in the season. We still haven't had a like a monumental game from DK Metcalf, I think. I think he's still waiting for that. Tyler Lockett has looked great. What's your thoughts on the fantasy aspects of this game, but most importantly, what's your thoughts on Minnesota? Do you believe what you saw against Cincinnati was was that team? Um, what's your thoughts on just them as a team right now? Right. I actually like Minnesota still as a team. They barely lost to Cincinnati. They barely lost to Arizona. Both of those were kind of heartbreaking finishes. Um, as far as the fantasy aspects of this game goes, I think Dalvin Cook is going to have a monster game. I, I mean, you saw what Derrick Henry did to Seattle last week. Dalvin Cook is going to have just an insane game on this team. I think this is going to be the Justin Jefferson game as well. And then on the Seattle side of things, I think this will be a better Metcalf game, but I still think Lockett continues his hot streak. Um, because Bashad, whoever Bashad Breland's covering, that's who's going to have the big game. Yes, sir. Because he's ass. Yes, sir. He's terrible. Uh, Russ is going to have a good game. I think Kirk Cousins is a good streaming guy if you need him. And as far as my game pick, this is my upset pick of the, pick of the week. I'm picking Minnesota to win the game. I think I actually Ooh. like them in the spot. Oh. I think Dalvin Cook is just going to have that big of an impact on this game and i think they're just gonna be able to do enough maybe russell wilson is gonna have one of those plays where he tries to do too much and throws a pick and uh and i think this will be a a high scoring one but one that minnesota's finally able to pull out in the end if minnesota goes on three we're probably gonna lose momo and uh that would be a big loss because he'll be in some sort of mental institution. No, listen. We got mental. If you got mental issues, listen. We take. We do not take that lightly on this program. But our guy has gone through it the last couple weeks. Okay, he's gone through the ringer. It's been terrible for him. He. I. I've never seen Momo in a at a loss for words. Uh, and he was because his team found ways. To lose ball games. Now, here's the one thing that I'll say about this that concerns me about Minnesota, Kyler, and talk me through it, okay? We do understand 
that Russ early in the season is really, really good. Is the Minnesota run defense good enough to make Russ throw the ball 40-plus times? Um, I don't even think it's the run defense is that good. I just think that Seattle's going to look at this game and think that Russ is going to throw it 40-plus times because that is going to be the best solution to scoring points. I think at this point in the season, you'd rather have Russ throw the ball and Chris Carson run the ball. And I like Chris Carson, but Russ is on fire right now. So I think both of these quarterbacks throw. Well, no, I don't think Kirk throws over 40 times. I think Russ throws over 40 times. I think Kirk throws it a decent amount, but Dalvin Cook is going to have a big workload. He's going to keep Russ off the field a pretty decent amount and make it to where when they come back, it's like, all right, Russ is going to have to to cook to get us back in this game, get a high tempo offense. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's too much of a concern for me. I'd still like Minnesota. All right, I want to believe in Minnesota, but I said on this podcast for a year, when you have two teams that are closely matched. Always take the better quarterback. So I'm riding with Russ. I'm riding with Russ. Tell you why. I think Dalvin Cook is going to have a big game. I think that Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are awesome. Here's my problem. Kirk Cousin is the quarterback for your Minnesota Vikings. And there is Russell Wilson on the other side. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think this game is going to be extremely close. Um... The point spread is two and a half. Is it is there a way where Russ has an awesome game and they still don't cover? Yes, this is that game. This is the game where that happens. 37-35, Russ goes off. Metcalf has a big game. Tyler Lockett has a big game. But Minnesota is just a little short. Or maybe there's a field goal that goes wide. That seems to happen for them a lot. So, yes, that's my prediction is that this might be one of the better games of the week as far as that's concerned with points and just excitement and what have you. And we kind of left the game away, but we're going to move on to the Sunday night game and then kind of double back to a game. You know what I'm talking about. Green Bay is going to San Francisco, which is actually more like San Jose because that's where Levi Stadium is. I hate when these teams do this. San Francisco is favored by three. Uh, all the concerns or just the cries, the, the lamenting that was going on week one about Aaron Rodgers throwing games, that's out the window now. Aaron Rodgers looked a bunch like Aaron Rodgers yet again. Defensively, San Francisco is stout against the run. Aaron will have to pass it. They are they are underdogs by three. What's your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? What he's going to have to do to try to win this game? Do you think he can? Because they have a huge advantage between quarterbacks. They do. Um, I like Aaron Rodgers a lot in this spot. The 49ers don't have any corners at this point. 
Um, and also, if you remember the uh, the NFC Championship game where the 49ers managed to beat the Packers, a lot of that was because of that zone running scheme. And the 49ers don't really have any running backs right now. Trey Sermon passed concussion protocol, so he'll play. But Hasty's probably out. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is probably out. So they're not going to be able to run, I don't think, as efficiently. It's still Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think Debo is another good game. But other than that, I think Green Bay does enough, and I think they actually win this game. 49ers are favored, but I would pick Green Bay to win it and go, what, 2-1 and one at this point? They're 1-1? One one? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's why I uh, like Green Bay in this matchup. Also, Aaron Jones coming off that huge game, he might have another one. I'm going to say a name to you. And this is all you're going to need to know about this game. Jair Alexander. Great. That's all you need to know about this game. Because Garoppolo, without a running game, will have to throw the football. And I'm still under the impression that Brandon Ayuk killed somebody or... He has some implications in some sort of like, you know, Iran-Contra scandal or something like that because they have not targeted that cat at all. I understand he was coming off injury or whatever. they kind of moving him along. Debo's getting a lot of those touches. Kittles was going to have to have a really big game. But I think that Jair Alexander picks off Garoppolo twice and we start moving towards the Trey Lance era. I'm not saying he's going to play. I'm thinking we're starting to move. You're going to start hearing rumblings of Trey Lance after this game. So I got Green Bay winning as well. I, like I said, when you have two teams, really close matchup, always pick the better quarterback. Aaron Rodgers still one of the best in the league, one of the best to ever do it. So a-Rod is back. A-Rod, we trust. And I believe this is going to be a very close game. But I have the Packers winning 24-20. Packers win, you know, somewhere in there. And in and, and San Francisco 49ers, they go home unhappy. Yeah, I, I think this is a... A big game for Green Bay. I didn't even mention Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is going to feast in this game. I don't even know who's covering him in this one because Jason Verrett's out. I think it's Josh Norman. And Josh Norman, I've been calling him a human garbage can for two years. He's ass. Oh, The last time we saw Josh Gordon, he was getting run over by Derrick Henry. He pushed him like 17 rolls into the um, stance. Yeah, it was it was rough. Josh Norman is, uh, is not that guy. Not anymore. All right. Any other final thoughts on this game? Because we got one. We got got two more games to go. I say uh, no. Other than the fact that we went through a Packers segment without Brian Gunica slander, might be a show record. Hey, listen, one hundred percent. I'm gonna leave it alone today. I'm leaving it alone not because I have come to grips with Brian Gunicus. I'm just gonna leave it alone because there's been enough said about that. Sure. Because I'm also excited about this next game. We kind of skipped over it because I wanted to save it to close to last. And actually, I'm thinking about just saving it last. You know what? Let's go to the Monday night game first. Philadelphia is going to the Big D. They're going to Jerry World 
they are playing the Dallas Cowboys. Jalen Hurts has looked good his first two games. He he showed himself very well against the 49ers uh, last week. He had an awesome game, obviously against a trash Atlanta team, but I was more impressed with the game he had against San Francisco, you know, in a loss than, you know, the game that he had when he won. Um, I don't know if they can run the football still, right? I don't know what's going on with their defense, but I've said time and time and time again for the Dallas Cowboys to be successful, it is 34 points or bust. I am still on that train. I understand that last week was low scoring, whatever. Chargers didn't play that great. Uh, Dallas got bailed out because their coach is not great. So what's your thoughts on, you, we got Ezekiel Elliott, we got Amari Cooper, we got C.D. Lamb, we got Dak Prescott. Um, we got the Tony Pollard thing intrigue there because they're they're toggling back between the two. And what's your thoughts on Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Hurts, and uh, Miles Sanders and and the rest of the gang with Philadelphia? What's your thoughts on this game, Kyler? Yeah, I think this game will actually be more interesting than people will think on face value because a it's a division game. B I think the Eagles are going to be able to play it a little close. Um, I think. Dak is obviously going to have a great game. This will be a huge C.D. Lamb game, I think. I don't think they have anyone that can cover C.D. Lamb. Um, I think I think it's another game where Tony Pollard outscores Zeke, to be honest, unless Zeke can manage to stumble into the end zone a couple times. I like Tony Pollard more in this matchup. Uh, and then as far as Philly, I think Jalen Hurts is a good start. I think he is able to run all over the Cowboys defense. I think Hurts... Hertz might have more rushing yards than Miles Sanders in this game. That might be my hot take. That's not a hot take. I like that take. Yeah. I'll, I'm not going to book it, but I think it's possible. Uh, and I like Devontae Smith in this matchup as well. Also, they just have the random play every week of, oh, let's bomb it 40 yards to Quez Watkins. So we might get that again. Um, Goddard is probably going to get involved. Um, I think the Cowboys cover the spread and win the game. But I think it will be more exciting than people think, and I'm looking forward to a game where they cover the spread, but it's not by a wide margin. I agree. Here's the thing, Dallas Cowboys fans. I've been on your ass this whole entire year. I said that you guys are going to go 4-13. and Here's the thing. Did I believe that? Not really. Do I think it could happen? Oh, I do still think it could happen. But here's the thing. You got the best quarterback in this game. Your defense is still absolute garbage, except for Micah Parsons. He is a stud. But you're going to have to win this game 37-33. Understand it. This is your life as a Dallas Cowboy fan. You are going to go through a lot of antacids. There's probably going to be a lot of drinking for you. So get the get the beers. Get the get the beers cold. You're going to need them. Okay. You're going to need the brown, the brown alcohol, the brown water for sure. Okay. As this game continues to go on. 
because there's just going to be things that inexplicably that happen in this game that allows Philadelphia to stay in it. So 37-33, Cowboys win. Great for you, Cowboys. Great for you, Cowboys fans. I know Brian is probably excited that I picked the Cowboys because I trashed them all year. But that's how I look at the Cowboys. I just think they're shootouts every single week. They're probably one of the most exciting teams in, in all of football, but they're going to have to win by shoot, just scoring a bunch of points. Yeah, I would agree. You're pretty much going to have to score a pretty good amount to win. Um, but I think they will because Philly, I don't think, is going to put a very much resistance on defense. They're not that good. I agree with you on that. And this is where I like, this is where the prediction of four and 13 was definitely, you know, based on just my anger towards uh, the the front office of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I'll go ahead and say it. I think it's a complete clown show there. Uh, Jerry Jones wants to sell tickets and wants to sell merchandise and he'll do anything to do that. But I don't know if he wants to put a really real winning organization on the field. Um, their coach almost cost them the game against the Chargers last week uh, just by mismanagement of the clock. And, uh, yeah, you're, you, have the, you have the more talented team, so you should beat Philadelphia at home, but you're going to struggle, and 37-33 is kind of where I think that will be. I think C.D. Lamb will have a great game. If Amari Cooper is somewhat healthy, he'll have a pretty good game as far as that's concerned. And I do agree with Kyler I think we're starting to see a shift in the running backs. I think you're seeing it gradually. Tony Pollard is more effective for this team than one Ezekiel Elliott. Now, Cowboys fans, I know you just spit out your beer. You know, you're sitting on the back of your pickup truck and whatever, and you probably tipped your little cowboy hat up, you know. But let me tell you something. Zeke is not the same guy as he was in 2019 or 2018. And Tony Pollard's probably your best back. Um, people might think that's hyperbole. I actually, actually really believe that. Uh, I just think he brings something to the team that Ezekiel Elliott doesn't because he has home run, home run ability. And I think Zeke has lost that. Thoughts on that, Kyler? No, I agree. I was saying before the season even started and last year that Tony Pollard was better than Zeke, and it's looking better and better every week. Um, Pollard's just more dynamic. I think he brings you more in the receiving game. I, I think there's more uh, design touches you can give to Tony Pollard rather than Zeke. I think as far as the screen game goes, you'd rather have Tony Pollard in there than Zeke. Zeke's probably better between the tackles still. He's for sure better in pass protection, um, and he's probably going to be your goal line back. But other than that, I think Tony Pollard is starting to get maybe not, you know, the the starting job necessarily, but I think this is going to be more of a timeshare for sure. So Dallas fans, I have picked you to win. So be happy with that. The slander continues on Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Mike McCarthy. You guys are going to get this heat all year long just know it's gonna be a long year if you listen to this podcast jerry it's gonna be a long year for you this leads us 
to the game that I'm saving. TV12 comes to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. I believe we'll have an 8.5 earthquake that day. I think the heavens are going to open up. And we are going to see, I'm telling you, Kyler, this is the game. This is the this is the Kansas City Los Angeles Ram game all over again. This could be a absolute track meet. Tell me about Brady, the weapons, and Stafford and all the weapons, even though we have no running backs whatsoever. We weren't going to run anyway, not against that front seven. But tell me what I'm looking at fantasy-wise, and also, by the way, Tampa's favored by one and a half. Yeah, I I think as far as fantasy goes, you're going to start as many players as you can in this matchup. Uh, Stafford looks a little scary against Tampa Bay, so that kind of depends on who your quarterback is. But Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Higby's actually not a great matchup in this one against Devin White and Levante David. But Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, uh, Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, all starts in this matchup pretty easily. Uh, even Fournette might get some decent action. This is a weird game because you said it could be a track meet. It's very possible it's a track meet, but it's also very possible with these defenses that it's kind of an ugly game with a lot of turnovers. I'm not going to be surprised if that happens. Uh, and This was by far the toughest game for me to pick just because I feel like these are two, I don't want to say evenly matched teams because the Bucks are the best roster in the league on paper, but I think this is a, a pretty close game and it could go either way. I'm slightly going to go with Tampa Bay to win the game because, I mean, Daryl Henderson's out. They're going to have the better run game. And I think the Bucks' defense is just going to be able to make a few more plays. Uh, I like Tampa Bay's offensive line better than I like the Rams' offensive line. Um, and I just think Tom Brady's going to be motivated to go 3-0 and heading into Foxborough next week, which I'm terrified for still. But I'm slightly going to pick Tampa Bay, but it's it's really tough to pick this. It can go either way. I have a doomsday scenario for you, Kyler. Mm-hmm. I think I already know what it is. Can I guess? I mean, you can guess. I, you know, I, I, I definitely want to always allow you to flourish on this show. So please tell me what you think I'm about to say. Is the doomsday scenario that Tom Brady loses this game heading into Foxborough next week, so he's the ultimate level of pissed? Yes! <laughs> I'm well yes. aware of the doomsday scenario. That's also why I'm picking Tampa Bay to win this game. I want him to win. I no. need him to not be angry. I get, I get what you're saying. Here's the thing. What does Tom Brady like to do? Uh, kiss his son in the mouth. Okay. Outside of <laughs> Tom kissing his son in the mouth, what, what is another thing that Tom Brady enjoys to do? Uh, win football games and throwing the ball to Rob Gronkowski. The one thing that we do know about Tom Brady is that if you get pressure up the middle on that man, he is liable to throw it up. Jalen Ramsey, David Long Jr., and those safeties have held up this year. 
Now, Aaron Donald needs a game like this because he's going against one of the greatest of all time. Okay? And arguably, I will tell you from my point of view, Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Everybody can have their opinion about everybody else, and that's fine. You're entitled to it. Aaron Donald has been waiting his whole career. He finally has a quarterback that is competent. He finally has a quarterback that say, oh, all right, dude, yeah, I'll put my guy up against your guy, and let's go. It's going to come down to who can make a play. Tampa has playmakers, no doubt about it. But that secondary is trash right now. Everybody's hurt. Okay, let's say you double Cooper Cup, right? Take him off the game. You still got Robert Woods and Vance, Van Jefferson, okay? They have not implemented Deshaun Jackson at all yet. This is a dank game where they could go five wide and Stafford can have a virtuoso performance against that Tampa Bay secondary. Not saying that the Rams are going to hold down Tampa at all. I understand that you can see a defensive battle and it not be as high-scoring as as uh, it could be, and you are right because there could be turnovers that allow that to happen. I think both teams will have one turnover. There'll be a critical one towards the end. I have a 42 to 40 Rams win. I'm going with my heart for sure. Here's the thing. I've been, Kyler, tell the truth. In green room, have I been insufferable of my, of my, just my eye on the Rams and how terrible they've been the last, the first two weeks? Oh, yeah. You hate on the Rams more than any rival team in the division. So I'm, I'm a, I would call myself a, a true and honest Ram fan. That defensive line has not played great at all. That front seven could be better. 100%. The one thing that I don't have a problem with is that secondary. And I think that if Tom Brady wants to win this game, he's going to have to rely on Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. And his his faith in Ronald Jones uh, looks like his faith in Chad Ochocinco back in the day with the Patriots. That dude did not get passes thrown to him. And Ronald Jones would be the absolute right back to play against the Rams because he gives you the pass catching and the running. But since he is he is not going to be uh, shown in this game, he's not going to be featured. Give me the Rams by two. Give me the the ultimate doomsday scenario where Brady's pissed going into Foxborough. Give me that because I can hear. I'm it scared. Now. I'm really scared. Yeah, that I can hear it if now. that happens, we got we're work so to fun. do. We got to get better on both sides. Of the, I got to be better as a quarterback, you know, and I'm going to Foxborough and I'm going to go stick it to the hoodie and I'm going to beat his team's ass. 
because I'm so mad about losing to the Rams, who also are a rival Super Bowl contender in our conference. That will, like, if you want to see Brady red ass, you want to see this dude super pissed, just wait. If this game turns into shootout city, Rams give just enough pressure on Brady, cause Jalen Ramsey to be Jalen Ramsey, which he's been all year so far. Give me the Rams. 42-40 shootout. I would have a I would I would pick the Bucks if Ronald Jones has hadn't been such a a fumbling machine. If Ronald Jones would have held on to the football, I would have picked the Bucks by five. Easy. No problem. But that's not the case. And I can't wait to see this game. This game means a lot to me. I want to see it. The spectacle of it all. But this has this has all the elements of that Kansas City Los Angeles Rams game about what was it? Was it three, three, four years ago? Three years ago? Tyler? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. This has all the elements of that. So this is Kyler's worst case scenario because he knows what's coming next week. He knows. This is the worst case scenario. And I hate to do it to him because they're playing my team this week, and that's how I gotta go. I got to go that way. But I'll tell you this. If the Rams get no pressure on Brady at all, this could be a long-ass game for the Rams. Long. So I don't know what Aaron Donald's going to have to do to get Sebastian Joseph Day to play actual football or great games to play actual football. Or uh, if we can find where Ashawn Robinson is dwelling out of what cave he's in, and actually get him to be like a piece of a defensive line that can put pressure on the quarterback, that would be great. I'd be so excited about that. Because we haven't played physical the first two games of the year. Not at all. So, could go either way. I'm going to pick the rounds because that's my squad. But I can definitely see uh, Brady winning this game as well. It's going to be nip and tuck the whole way. Kyler, the... um. Is there what one guy on either team like that maybe hasn't been, you know, got off to the best fantasy start so far? What's the one guy that you're just like, yo, this dude is going to blow up this week? Who's the guy that you got your eye on for either team? Uh, Okay, I think because of Antonio Brown being out, I'm looking at a Scotty Miller game. I think Scotty Miller actually has a chance of being a guy that can have one of those long touchdowns and then everyone's going to rush to the waiver wire to pick him up. He's never going to be like that again. So I would say him also Robert Woods because he's been a little underwhelming just because he's been the clear number two in the offense, but he's a guy I would look for to be good as well. All right. That is this week's picks. Usually we do this on we do this and have it out for you Thursday. Stuff has been going on, bro. That's all I can tell you. All right. This is Armageddon in my personal life and what have you, but we are trying to get back on track. 
Um, can I announce this, Kyler? Are we are we good to go for next week? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Kyler is going to be hosting a green room, uh, three Eastern time, twelve Pacific Standard Time on Tuesday, and I believe Thursday as well. He's going to give you insight into what happened this last this weekend that just that's just going to be passed. And then on Thursday, he'll tell you who to start, who to sit uh, for the upcoming week as far as that's concerned. So if you are friends of this program, you're invited to the green room and look for Kyler Copeland and get on that fantasy situation. He'll be answering questions. He'll give you like his, you know, who to sit, who to start, all that sort of thing. He'll give you projections maybe for the next week as far as that's concerned. So he is using this as a a way to benefit his show that will be relaunching sometime in the middle of October or maybe the third week of October. So Tuesday and Thursday, 3 Eastern time, 12 Pacific, noon you know, so lunchtime for us on the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? So get your burrito from the truck or your chicken taco from the truck and just, you know, get your fantasy information from KC because yes, brings it every single week. And that's why we got them yes. on this program. So, you know, it's good to have them. So, Kyler, with all that being said and knowing what you have to face next week, what I want you to do this week is I want you to chill out, right? I want you to get your mind right, right? Yeah. Have a great week with your picks. I want you to have a great week with your fantasy team. I want you just to feel good and positive because I know next week you're just going to be a neurotic mess. Okay. I understand what's yeah. going to happen because I'm going through it right now. Okay. Brady's coming. He's coming to the la la. Okay. Brady is coming to me. You know I, I, I'm not. I'm not in a good headspace with this. You know I'm not. So I understand your concern, all right? I might have to go back in the fetal position now because I know who, who's coming to town, all right? Um, that's it for the show today. Casey, thank you for all your help, man. I appreciate you, of course, you for doing all the heavy lifting. Um, we are going to talk about probably next week what the schedule is going to be because we got some news coming on new new pods or whatever and updating everybody on that. Um, I'm going to change my schedule up. I got some things that's coming down the pipeline for me that I need to go ahead and get squared away. So just keep on the lookout. I don't want to announce anything yet because uh, not all, you know, things aren't all like signed on the dotted line, but there's some things that have been 100% um, green lighted and ready to go uh, for me and uh, we got to kind of change the schedule around to make it all work so you're going to get QP Sports Exchange we will be doing multiple shows a week as far as that's concerned we still might do one show next week and then move into basketball and football the week after so just keep a lookout for all of that and uh, Kyler send these people off the way you need to send them off yeah, man. Uh, appreciate y'all stopping by, listening to the show, tuning in every single week, and uh, hope y'all get the game picks right. Take our advice, and uh, hopefully it goes well. Good luck with y'all's fantasy teams out there. 
and uh, we will see y'all next week. And we're bouncing. We're out. Peace.